Welcome to Monday Morning Homilist. I'm Father Manny Alvarez. And I'm Jorge Santibanez. Every Monday morning, we dive deeper into the previous Sunday's readings and homilies. And towards the end, we veer off to talk about life and definitely talk a little sports. Enjoy. Good morning. Happy Monday, Father. Hey there. How you doing? I'm joyful. <laughs> Aren't <Yeah>. we? We're <laughs> supposed to be. Yesterday was all that this Sunday, Joy, Joy Sunday, as we are today, exactly one week from Christmas Day as we record this. That's right. Our season finale of season six? Season six. I lost track. Oh, dear Lord. We have to look this up. I've lost track. Doesn't matter. But we're our joyful. Seasons, our seasons are like, ah, oh, we took a three-week break. New season. No, we we, we take longer. <laughs> this one may be shorter because it's, but we take longer in the summer. Like we went from Memorial Day to yeah, uh, before a week before Memorial Day till August last year, you know, last summer. So it is. So we're having fun. So about seven o'clock this morning, I'm telling the kids we're a week from Christmas. A week from right now, we will be opening presents. And inside, I'm laughing to myself, going. Yeah, seven o'clock. It's more like a week, <laughs> a week from four thirty in the morning. Get you'll be, it? You'll be wake up at, I mean, my later on in no, our not that early. Five thirty. Five thirty has been my, the earliest. Later on in my childhood, my sister and my brother, my little sister, and my little brother, started waking up early. I'm like, I'm like, no. I mean, I'm, I maybe was twelve or thirteen at the time. Like, yes, I was looking forward to presents, but yeah. I was like, no, stay asleep. Yeah. But they'd be like, hey, it's six o'clock. It's I'm like, oh, shut up. All right. No, it's like. 5.30 has been the earliest. And usually, we, and the thing is that we would, my family would go to midnight mass. Yeah. So we, you know, didn't have, you know, that much sleep to go on. But no, God bless the kids, you know, and the poor parents that um, have to stay up late for obvious reasons. But yeah. Anyhow, so we're joyful. Everybody else joyful out there? <laughs> it's crickets. Everybody else joyful. We're trying to be. That's that's the whole. Th- that's that's the beauty of yesterday's uh, of yesterday's uh, Sunday of, of Advent is that you know we got the rose colored candy, we got the rose colored vestments, we got we had so many things to be to to look at and say these are moments of joy in our lives. But we spend so much of our time, and I know we talked about this a little bit in, in our Thanksgiving episode that we spend so much of our time pointing out what's wrong with our lives. That we don't, you know, ex- don't, you know, can't experience the moments of joy, of genuine joy, and revel in those moments of joy, and and that and that's the folly is that sometimes you know we could be having an amazing day, but it's that one person that just messes with you and takes your joy away from you. That that's what lingers with you, and that's and that's a fault. And I know it's a fault in me, but don't ever let anyone. Take the joy that God has placed in your heart away from you, never. And that's that. That's the beauty of um, that's the beauty of of this day is that we have um, as we have this. By the way, this is the end of season five. <laughs> so right. there you go. Get that out of <laughs> housekeeping. All right. So joyful. You know, you had the 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 pre K three mass. Yeah, and they actually they actually behaved. Very they did well. behave. They behaved better than pre K four. I went in there. Pre K four was a silent roar. The back half of the church last week. I Pre-K was ready was, for a little chaos there. And yeah, well, I didn't celebrate the mass, so that's why it wasn't chaotic. <laughs> okay, no, it was you fun. Didn't, you didn't rile up the kids. I didn't rile up the kids. They rile up the kids, send them back, and they're like, yeah. so Father Andrew gave a nice homily, and then the homily I gave was basically on the first two words of the second reading from the letter to Thessalonians: Rejoice always. You know, when you look at that reading, and and I was reading a biblical commentary on this, this is, you know, you have to understand the Thessalonians, obviously, just like most Christians in in the first century were persecuted. They were obviously looking forward to the coming of the Messiah, the, you know, coming again, not just the, the, the birth of the Messiah, as we're looking forward to this week. But you think about the Thessalonians, and you think about a people that are persecuted, people that are loved by by uh, by Paul, and this is probably one of the earliest New Testament writings, the the letter to the Thessalonians. And so, when Saint Paul is addressing them, he says, "Rejoice always." 
That's number one. Pray without ceasing. That's number two. And in all circumstances, give thanks. Now, he tells us to rejoice. He tells us to pray. He tells us to give thanks. All right? But it's how he qualifies it. Rejoice always. Pray without ceasing. And in all circumstances, give thanks. In other words, there's, there is an immediacy, there's an urgency to this rejoicing, that we should always be rejoicing, that we should never cease praying, and that in all circumstances, not just the ones we like, not just the ones that we want to be thankful for, and there's a little bit of Book of Job there at the beginning, in all circumstances, give thanks. And if you read the antiphon at the beginning of the Mass, the entrance antiphon, it talks about rejoicing again, but this one to the letter of the Philippians, chapter 4, verse 4. Rejoice in the Lord. And I say it again. Rejoice. Rejoice in the Lord always, he said. Again, always. So St. Paul's trying to make a point that as a Christian people, and he's talking to the people who are being persecuted, these people persecuted, lives in danger because they're practicing faith, lives in danger because they're going to Mass, lives in danger just because they believe in Jesus Christ. And St. Paul is telling them to rejoice always, not only in the letter to Thessalonians, but he's also in the letter to the Philippians. So what's our excuse? Rejoice in the Lord always. Again, I say rejoice. Indeed, the Lord is, Lord is near. He tells the Philippians. Chapter 4, verse, verse 4. We have to be a joyful people. We cannot be, we cannot be a people who are cross, who are always angry, who are always yelling at people, who are trying to take down people on social media, who are trying to, you know, looking for criticisms here and criticisms there. No, we have to be a people of joy. There's a saying in Spanish that says, Un cristiano triste es un triste cristiano. And it's, it's, it translates poorly, but I kind of, after years, came up with a useful translation. A joyless Christian is a useless Christian. In other words, a Christian without joy is a useless Christian. Doesn't do anything for us. Isn't, isn't helping to spread the faith. Isn't helping to show that they are a child of, and, a, and brother or sister, a follower of Jesus Christ. And so we need to be joyful in all things. Now, Jorge, here's the thing. All right. I preached, I, I didn't preach at the, at the 1030 mass because we got blood, you know, reason for joy this weekend. Yep. We had a we had one of our persons become a deacon. So I was going to say the, the whole theme of the week had a different a, a different taste to it, right? And I preached on that at the twelve thirty. So I was talking about you know that at that twelve thirty mass, deacon. Even though I, I I was already thinking about this, but he decided to stay and serve with deacon Flatas and just be the deacon of the altar. He didn't have to say a word. He's fine. I don't know if he understood anything, but he was fine. I got some practice in. So I I. Pointed to him, I go, here's a reason for joy. We have a parishioner who became a deacon. Another reason for joy. There was a young lady who's getting married later this week who did her profession of faith and received her first Holy Communion. Yep. Big week for her. Not only is it Christmas, but you know she got her first communion yesterday, was received into the church, she was baptized an evangelical, and now she is a Catholic. And you know she's getting married on Friday. Nice. All right? And then the third thing was, after the Mass, I was celebrating the 50th wedding anniversary, doing the vow renewal, of a couple who are very dear friends of of my parents and happen to be the parents of my childhood best friend. So all these people were there, and I go, look at all these reasons for rejoicing. I didn't mention the fourth one because she told me not to, which was, it was my mother's birthday yesterday. Okay? So... Now you just did. <laughs> it doesn't matter. That was yesterday, and, you know. So... I'll text her right now. Okay, Happy anyways. Birthday. But I got all these reasons for rejoicing. I go, look at all these, these reasons for joy. And so what I was telling you is that later on that afternoon, I get a phone call from some friends who heard from someone that I was barking at the people and regañando or, or admonishing the people at the 12th room. I go, that's not what I did. That's ex I, I mean, maybe I'm admonishing. goes, we have to be joyful. Well, you because wouldn't be doing your job if you weren't. No, but I'm saying, but, but you heard. I think that says more about them than it does about you. No, thank you. 
I mean, I, I wasn't asking fishing for it, but thank. But but your our receptionist mentioned something at our staff meeting this morning that I said, you know, you said, you know, that sometimes we walk into church cross. I go, yeah. I go, that's not good. I mean, may, maybe we walk into church cross, but we should walk out joyful. You know, so so when I talk, so when these people called me again, this is secondhand information. I'm like, that's that's the total opposite of the gospel I preach and the, the, the homily I preach because I preached a very joyful, you know, and and pointing out. I know I'm, I know I'm getting defensive, okay, but it's like I I know when I'm admonishing people and telling them this is. But I I mean I guess I was in in, in terms of like we cannot be, you know. The way the world is going, it is imperative that we have to be joyful. Yeah. Well, we, we get the opportunity to put that uh, into practice right away this coming weekend when we come to church and someone is sitting in our pew. Ah. Or we look across and, oh, that person, I've never seen them ever before. Or, or I don't like Or that, that person, I know them, and what the heck are they doing here? They don't belong here. You know? And... Uh, I remember, I don't know if it was last Easter. I think it was last Easter. I was, obviously I'd served the vigil, so I went again in the morning with my family. And I'm carrying Matthias off to the side because back then he was not as, as calm and peaceful. He's gotten, he's gotten much so, better, much better. so much better. But I'm just holding him during communion and I'm looking out, choir singing beautifully, and I'm just looking out at the lines of people coming up for communion. And it's just the lines wouldn't end. And it's down all four aisles, just or down, you know, the two the two lines down the middle, just a mass of humanity all coming forward to receive communion. And it'd be very easy to say, you know, to cast them aside. Oh, look at these people! They come once a year. This is ridiculous. They're such hypocrites. Why are they here? Blah blah blah. They're just you know here for the show. You know, and and yet I'm standing there looking at this with this beautiful music, holding my son in my hands, and I got. Teary-eyed. Oh, you're soft. You know, I, I am a soft. I'm a bleeding heart. But but I got I got overwhelmed just looking at our parish filled to capacity on Easter Sunday. You know, with all these people where they're supposed to be. And the same thing happens on Christmas. And we'll get into the craziness of the Christmas schedule yeah. later. Um, you know, but, but but can you imagine if if everyone looked at their neighbors yeah. that way? I mean, I look forward. So, for example, the the Christmas vigil, which I don't know how it's going to be this year because it's Christ, Sunday is Christmas Eve and there's a dolphin game going on and whatever, but people will still come. I pray, you know, people will still come, and I always enjoy the Christmas vigil, the the children's mass because I I see so many you know like kids that are away from college that graduated from here. Uh, I mean, I I saw some this weekend. It was it brought me great joy that they're home from college already, and. People that you know may go to different masses that come to that mass, or people that you know like to wander around and go to Saint Augustine one mm. day, go to Epiphany another day, go to Saint Thomas another day, and that day no, Christmas we 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 observe it at our parish, we celebrate mass at our parish, and God bless them. And then, just because we're in South Florida, just because we're down the road from the Biltmore. You know, and even the all the hotels in downtown Coral Gables, oh, where's Matt? Oh, the Church of Little Flowers down there, even yep. though St. Raymond is probably closer. And the amount, and I, and I have to say, last year our Midnight Mass, probably half of it, we've talked about it, maybe half of it was visitors, but it gives me great joy to be a people that are welcoming. Like you and I were at St. Patrick's Cathedral a year ago, to, actually today, today. Yeah. a year ago today, to celebrate Gaudete Sunday, and they know that the majority of the people that are in that congregation, it's just about a thousand, maybe a little over a thousand people in St. Patrick's, they know that the majority of people are either watching on the live stream or are visitors, tourists that want to go to Mass. And they cater to that. And the thing is that, the and the people that are parishioners there, you know, are very welcoming. You know, I found, and I remember I was, in the, I was a priest, you know, celebrating, so I was closer to the people that sit up front you know, there's like a VIP section in front. It's, you know, <laughs> what are you going to do? Um, they were very, very friendly, very, very welcoming. And they know that the primary mission of that parish, America's parish, as, as Cardinal Dolan likes to call it, the primary mission is a mission of hospitality. 
And so what I love about our church and what I've seen a drastic change in for the better over the, this is, I was telling your sister yesterday that this is my fifth Christmas here. I've never been in a parish for more than five Christmases. There you go. Yeah. Well, Amy, no, that's not true. I would, I'm saying I've never been, in, I was in Immaculate for five Christmases. I'm praying I get to the six. I'm just saying. Okay. <laughs> Anyhow, I don't last long in parish is what I'm trying to say. I'm not going, I don't, I'm not going anywhere. People don't, chill. don't do that right before okay. Christmas. Father. Yeah, we'll see. <laughs> Anyhow. So I was telling you that, that it's my fifth Christmas and there is a joy and I, and I've seen a market improvement in that the amount of joy that people experience in this parish that they don't see as many, not that they've totally been eradicated or have totally been converted that they don't see cross faces, they don't see sour faces, that they don't experience people that are cold, that are that are that are off-putting, that are no, that they that uh, they could sit next to somebody and say welcome. Like I have had over the last two weeks, not only people who are visiting, but people I mean, maybe this time of year people are moving. People that I've moved, Father, were new to the parish, and I go, well, it's so great to have you. Please I, stay, you know. A lot of that happens in our 1230 Mass, in our Spanish Mass. So why do they love it? You go to the 1230 Mass and it's joyful. Lewis is usually playing joyful, you know, joyful you know, type of music. So that's something that I, I take pride in as a pastor. When people tell me, which is totally different from you know, a couple of years ago, I remember it was COVID, I know, but that when people tell me, Father, you have a joyful parish. See, that that's... Not a compliment to me. It's a compliment to the parish. Yep. Yep. I, I have to point out that's that is much deeper than just a a friendly smile, you know. Or uh, I I I'm happy, you know. There that, and we we've mentioned it before that joy is is so profound. You know, it's that sense of I'm home here. You know, when you say you you experience a joyful parish, it, it's somewhere where. Yes, I get along with other people. I feel welcome, but more importantly, I have found what I'm looking for. And, and we have John the Baptist in the in the Gospel who points constantly points to Jesus. And, and a joyful parish is one that points to mm -hmm. Jesus. That says, yes, we have incredible volunteers, and we have amazing ministries, and we we have a great staff, and and we do so many things so very well. But it's not about us. Everything that we do is about Jesus Christ, and and I think that's that's a, a very uh, a very real reality, if you will, here at the parish, because yes, we do a lot of things very well, yeah. But our weddings, for instance, are you know one of the, one of the things that we do the very, best. They were very wet this weekend. <laughs> they they are very much pointing to Jesus Christ. You know, not just because it's a mass, but the the way that we do our preparation, the way that we meet with our couples, the way that we form our couples, it is con like John the Baptist, constantly pointing back to Jesus Christ. You know, it's not the Juan del Sol show, it's not, it's not. You know, yeah, they, they come for the pretty picture, but it's not. You know, let's do everything possible to get the perfect picture of the bride and the groom in the sanctuary. It's we are forming a Christian couple, you know, and, and they understand that when they come and and we tell them right off the bat, this is what you're signing up for. And if you're on board, fantastic. And if you're not, you know, let's go look somewhere else. And and the thing is, and I'm glad you mentioned. But where is it they find the reason for joy? Is it in the details? Is it is it in the in in the little things, or is it because they want to experience a living Christ? Because oh my goodness, I can't believe I'm saying this. Last Tuesday, the day off, I was relaxed. I was like totally out of sight, out of mind. And a former student of mine. Who's around your age? Uh, calls me. Oh, I haven't talked to him in a while. He's like, "Hey, how you doing? Everything good?" Listen, I have a girl in my office who's getting married. Can you put her on answer? Answer so you can answer some questions. I'm like, no, <laughs> because I knew where this was going. Oh, Father, I've been on your website, and do you allow this? I'm like, I mean, and I really, I'm like, it was, it was some details like right. number of people in the court, age of the kids. I'm like, for me, it's like. I go, sweetheart, I don't care. I mean, I've had kids that are ba or barely can walk. They walk down the aisle. You know, it's like, that. that's not, you're not asking the right questions. 
if you're asking, you know, Father, is it going to be a spiritual experience? Right. Oh, but, but that's why that's the difference between, you know, uh, a, a joyful experience and just an experience that, you know, made me happy. Exactly. You know, I could have had the wedding of my dreams with the court that I've always envisioned and, you know, all my best friends and you know, the dog walking in with the rings and that made me really happy. But if it doesn't point us to Jesus, it's not going to bring us joy. It's not going to, it's not lasting. Yeah. It, it's, it's fleeting. And I think we've talked about this before in terms of what true joy really is. It's something that, that is permanent. That even if we're going through a rough time, you know, we can find joy even in the little things. Well, and that's why we hear always so many times. Rejoice always. Rejoice always. Yep. Again, I say rejoice always. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it's that permanence. In the bulletin last uh, this yesterday, I, I quoted four saints, and, and there's a couple of, of saints that I want to highlight. St. Teresa of Avila said, Joy is the in, most infallible sign of the presence of God. I mean, just think about that. That when you, going back to the one, when you see a joyful couple, and I did a beautiful wedding on on, on Friday, and, and the weekend before was another. I mean, the, the weddings I've done the last three weeks have been just amazing. And you see the joy in the couple, you see the joy in the congregation. I go there, you see a sign of the presence of God. Because so many times that you know you you get to a wedding and they're all about the you know maybe not the couple, a couple could be into it, but the people out there could be. I'm here, I'm just here for the party, okay? Which is fine, but. Pay attention to this because this is so, so far, you know, so more important than whatever's going to happen afterwards. And and it's just not not just weddings. Let's just apply it. Okay, let's apply it now to the Christmas season that is approaching. That you can be inundated with so many things because there's one week left for Christmas. And you can say, I haven't done this, and I haven't done that, and I haven't shopped for this, and I haven't shopped for that, or I haven't done, you know, like for me yesterday, and this is very superficial, because I don't have time for these things anymore. It's like I had, okay, I want to watch this Christmas movie, and I want to watch this Christmas <laughs> TV episode, and I want to do this, and I want to do that. Last night, you know, I had my annual viewing of Christmas Vacation, okay? You know, hallelujah, all right? I can't say the rest of that, all right? So I we, we watched Christmas Vacation, we had fun, and then... I was with your sister and with Izzy, and they, oh, Father, can we watch the Ted Lasso Christmas episode? Christmas episode, which is a tremendously beautiful and moving episode, and I highly recommend you watch that again, because it just it 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 just reminds you what a great TV show that is, and really does put you in a self giving spirit, and you find joy in it, and it's so beautiful. And I and I'm like okay, I, like the other day I was like, oh, I haven't listened to this Christmas album that I liked the other day. Or, I'm like, I had time, and it's okay. It's just, but it's finding time, and this is what's important. It's finding time for the true purpose of the season, finding time for prayer, finding time to say, okay, I need to sit before the Blessed Sacrament and prepare myself spiritually. For Christmas. And this week, you know, God bless you know all our priests. We have uh confessions on Wednesday night and you know and on Saturday. And you know what Saturday is, Jorge, the twenty third of December, you know what it is? Festivus. That's right. And what do we do on Festivus? We air our grievances. We air our grievances. That's right. Seinfeld episode. What is it? Uh strengths of Feats of, feats, of, feats of strength. Okay, the, the, you know what the title of the episode was? It had nothing to do with Festivus. The title of the episode was called The Strike. Okay? And here he is, 1990, 1997. The writers of Seinfeld create a fictional holiday that has taken, it, taken off. Uh, but the reason I bring up the airing of grievances is because what is confession after all? It's airing our grievances against ourselves. Yep. That's what's be- That's a beautiful part of it. Arian Grimms is usually about somebody else, but it's like you know George Costanza says, "I have a lot of problem with you, people, and now you're gonna hear about it." You get you gather your friends and family, you tell them all the different ways they've disappointed you. But no confession is telling people, telling yourself, and telling God all the different ways you've disappointed yourself. So you could either do it on Wednesday, where there'll be more priests. Or you could wait till the last minute, like all last minute Christmas shoppers, <laughs> on Saturday morning, and hear your grievances. 
to God about yourself. How's that? How's that for a feat of strength? Because it does take a certain amount of strength to, and, and, and let's say, encourage mm-hmm. to say, this is what I've done. And say it out loud. Yep. And say it unabashedly to the priest who's heard everything. And walk out with a sense of freedom and walk out with the joy of knowing that you've been forgiven. That's what Advent is all about. Preach. There you go. <laughs> so this is what we have left for the last week of Advent, is to understand that we need to be a joyful people, that we can't go through life cross that We can't go through life, you know, just uh, annoyed and, and, and just anxious. And, and no, because people need to see in us the joy of Jesus Christ. That's why I say a joyless Christian is a useless Christian. And I know that there are people out there who may be listening, who are suffering, who are saying, Father, I can't find joy. You know, because X, Y, or Z is happening to me. But if you walk into church and receive Holy Communion, if you walk into church and receive the real presence of Jesus Christ, how can that not bring you joy? You've just received the divine. You've just received a foretaste of heaven. This is something that is you know, mind-blowing. I have to say that this morning at Mass, not that I was annoyed, but it was like a little distracting. But it goes to a point that was made by a priest a long time ago. There was a lady who I've never seen who sat in the first pew with the Eucharistic ministers and knelt the entire Mass. And during consecration, when everybody knelt, she put up her kneeler and knelt on the floor. I don't know. But it goes, again, it goes to a point that a priest, uh, priest friend of mine, who was a professor of mine in the seminary, said, you know, he had a Protestant friend tell him, you know, if I believe what you believe about the Eucharist, I'd walk into your church on your knees. So she found joy in that. Yep. I wouldn't have done it, you know. But it's, whatever, it's, it's not whatever you find joy in. It's whatever you find joy when it comes to Christ. Right. And find those little moments. Because you could say, oh, I find joy in this thing, which is sinful. But that's only... But that's a, not joy. That's not joy. That's, you're mistaking it. You know, you're mistaking it for a fleeting, you know, pleasant feeling, I guess. Because joy is lasting. Yep. Joy yeah, but is That's divine. the thing with, with, with sin. And I'm glad you brought it up. Because in the moment, it might might feel good. It might be bring you a little bit of happiness if you will but then after it you it leaves you feeling disgusting whatever the sin is you know when, when you when you walk away from that moment and you look back and you go god i did that oh i can't believe i did that you know or when we when we do an examination of conscience if we really hold the mirror up to ourselves we say yeah i did that and that's that's not what i'm supposed to be doing that's not who i'm supposed to be you know but kind of the question you just asked, you know, people say, Father, I can't find joy. You know, like XYZ has happened to me, or, you know, I find myself stuck in this particular sin and, and I can't manage to get out of it, you know, whatever the case may be. And, and you say, yes, we, when we receive the Eucharist, that's going to bring us overwhelming joy. But there may be some people. Should. Yeah. Yeah. There, there may be some people who, for whatever reason, cannot bring themselves to come up for communion. You know, so you started this episode by saying, you know, there's you could have a million things go right, and then that one thing that goes wrong is what you're going to be reflecting on for the rest of your day, for the rest of your week, for the rest of your month, yeah, and it's going to be that thorn in your side. And I think as Christians, we need to be looking out for, as you just said, those little blessings. And yes, ideally it's receiving the Eucharist on a regular basis or going to the Sacrament of Confession 
and receiving that grace on a regular basis. But even if we're not there yet, because yeah. we, we hope the people listening to our podcasts are sharing this with, with people who are con- contemplating becoming Catholic or coming back to church, you know, even if we're not at that point yet. you know, When we look at our lives and say, oh, I can't find joy because X, Y, Z happened to me, because I'm stuck, because whatever it may be, there's going to be inevitably a point in your day where something positive is going to happen to you. And we're not. Do we, do we notice? We're not. We're not Job. All right. The world is not falling. The world may feel like it's falling, but inevitably, someone will say something nice to you. Someone will smile at you. Someone will do something kind. You will help someone, and that will bring you a fleeting moment of wow. I stopped thinking about myself for for five seconds, and I did something nice for someone else. Yeah. We're going to have those moments throughout our day. It's not just a, a one-time thing. It's going to be present in our in every single day of our life. You know, can we point to, to those moments? Can we reflect on those moments? Can we let those moments stick with us? And then it becomes a habit. And when that becomes a habit, then we're able to find the strength to come to confession. Then we're able to find the time to pray, then we're able to find the time to come to Mass, then we're able to find the time to go to adoration. Because yeah, if we're just starting from scratch, yeah, to do a holy hour every single day is not easy. Nope. You know, to find a holy hour once a week is not easy, if, if that is not part of our regular routine already. So start small. Start small. And just like with that one little critique sticks with us, right, that thorn in our side that sticks with us for a week, find that little blessing, that little moment of, Wow, that was that was cool. That was special. That brought me a little bit of peace. Yeah. And let that be what you think about for the rest of your day or for the rest of your week. Mm-hmm. And like I said, there will be, there will be so many moments of joy that we experience over the next seven days. You know, treasure those moments—moments moments with family, moments here in church, moments with fe- with friends, exchanging gifts, or going out to dinner, or doing whatever it is treasure those moments you know savor those moments don't think about what the next thing is be in live in the present you know i'm, I'm literally i'm getting text right now about new year's eve i'm like let me get through christmas first <laughs> okay um but there there's so many things that are around us that are blessings that are that are little bits of joy that god gives us and you know you could disarm so many people with just smiling at them. You know, it begins with a smile. There's the other quote that I wanted to mention was from St. John of the Cross. The soul of the one who serves God always swims in joy, always keeps holiday, and is always in the mood for singing. And there's a lot of singing this week. You know, you sing, even if you're out of tune, you sing, you know, the Christmas carols and, and, you, and you sing all these ho- great holiday hymns. And uh, you know, always keeps holiday, St. John of the Cross says, and always you know, swims in joy. Again, that, that word, always. Jorge's la- uh, smiling at me because of something that you, you, you probably, I may mention this weekend at, at, at uh, the Christmas Has message. anyone mentioned it yet? Uh, I don't think I had anyone's not, caught it. I had not one person yeah, I don't, walk up to me yesterday. We were ready to stop the presses. and Yeah. So what happened was this. <laughs> Uh, what, so what happened was Microsoft this. strikes again. Uh, Microsoft annoying me. We, you know, I write the Christmas card or he sends me the template from last year. I, I go back, I type it up. I go, what do you think of this? And I sent it to him through teams and it was perfect. It was, he went back and said, look great. So he prints it, he puts it into word. He, he, he prints it out. I don't know how many people on my staff proofed it, proofed the, you know, what goes in the Christmas card, which is. The Christmas schedule, yep. the fourth Sunday of Advent schedule, the yep. confession schedule, and then the you know, I always put message. I, I, the Christmas message is usually you know a quote from a saint. This year was a sign of Alfonso Sequoia, yep. beautiful, beautiful quote, and then you know something that I write very brief, you know, saying you know something you know to meditate on and you know, have Merry Christmas from your priest. We were we were offering our Christmas mass for you, uh, you know, from your priest of Little Flower. So what happened <laughs> is, I'm. You know, we get all of this, and it's it's a it's a mission to get you know, three to four thousand Christmas cards out. 
4,121. See, we, I just found out that we, that our parish group registered our parish grew over the last year. I found this out on Friday, which is really cool. Anyhow, and Jorge says, yeah, now, now more people that you have to lose sleep over that you're in charge of their souls. Thank you, Jorge. You're welcome. <laughs> Anyhow, so getting all of these things together, and, and, and we've kind of streamlined it. You know, we get it printed and pre-labeled and sealed because sealing was the worst thing. Yep. So that we could send it out in bulk mailing. And as they're finishing up, you know, dividing it up by zip code down in the conference room, okay, Somebody had placed the Christmas card that, you know, I'm a registered member of the parish, so I, it was printed to me. Somebody placed it on my desk, and I opened it. Oh, look how nice the Christmas card came out. The glossy photo, all that stuff. I look at it, and I go, oh, maybe next year we should change the photo to this, and I'm thinking already of next year. I look at the Christmas schedule. Okay, that's fine. And then I read the message. Oh, how nice the message I wrote. And I am not, and I, and I, what I wrote was, may the divine child, that's what I wrote. What was printed was, May the diving child, the E was replaced by a G. And so when I found this quote from St. John of the Cross. Running down the stairs. I So, yeah, I came running down the stairs going, no! Like literally stopped the presses, but the presses had already, had already printed. And I go, what do we do? What do we do? And we're there and Father Andrew's there. And, and both, Father and I both at the same time said, we have to use it in our homily. Just roll with it. It's like Jesus is diving into our hearts this Christmas. But when I found this quote of St. John of the Cross, and I showed it to Jorge last, last week, the soul, the one who serves God, always swims in joy and goes, you're really doubling down. That's right. And I think when I read it originally, I didn't think about the diving Jesus. So the divine child. So we need a diving board somewhere no, on no, campus no. now. No, 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 we're good. We're good. Leave me alone. Leave me alone. So Great uh, bulletin cover right there. I can, I can picture the it. The diving Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> we're no that, that's too much so find joy like for example it would it could have been you know a disaster and i could have it would have spent more money which is the, your money the people of god's money on sending out these christmas cards no just let's just wear it let's own it and move on and get if we had 15 people you know proof it this year let's get 30 people to proof it next year just to make sure that there's nothing in because it is not a typo diving is a word and Microsoft Word decided to say instead of the diving child. Are you kidding me? Microsoft Word, just leave me alone. I know what I'm writing. Yep. I don't need suggestions to make my my paragraphs more succinct. You know, I am an orator. I want to expand on something, not make it succinct. Yo, mio. You know, it's like St. Mark is running, you know, Microsoft Word, okay? Because <laughs> he was succinct gospel for those who didn't get the joke. All right. So my friends, as as we conclude season six, I made five, a mistake. It's five. six. You just said it was five. I was six. No, I it was made. A, I made a mistake. It was six because you you a, there's a speaking of misprints. There's a misprint in the in the in the podcast reviews. We said season five finale in May, and when we came back in August. It's season five starts today. Oh, so it's season six. All right. All right. See misprints everywhere. <laughs> We're not perfect, folks, but we take great joy. Far from it. But we take great joy in our in our. Actions and trying to correct that and ribbing each other about it because um, as you as you will hear in the next segment. So, anyways, find joy this week because that is what the Christian is supposed to do. And when you come to mass this weekend, twice. Okay, what? What? Find joy in that too. That what a blessing we have that we get to experience mass twice this weekend. So what does it mean that yeah, we have I should to... have put in the language, instead of if you have to go to Mass twice, I should have put you get to go to Mass twice. Yeah. <laughs> you get to go to Mass. Well, you get to go to Mass every day if you want. Yeah, you know. but... So what does that mean? It means that this Sunday, and this, you know, is a Sunday, and Christmas is Christmas. But Sunday obviously starts on Saturday night with the vigil. And... Right, hold on, before you continue. Okay, here we go. While you're listening to this, go to the website, cltlf.org, and just look at the pop-up. Because it it's up right there. It's easier to see it than it is to process it when you're hearing. So it. on one column, if you go to the website, <laughs> is all the masses for the fourth Sunday of Advent, and on column B is all the masses for that are for Christmas. Okay, you have to go to one of each. There's no two for ones. You can't go to the four o'clock mass on Sunday and say, "Oh, it's Sunday, but it's also Christmas Eve mass, so it's two for one." No, it doesn't work that way. 
That means you miss your Sunday obligation. So you need to go to fourth Sunday mass because the readings are important, the message is important. So I what I recommend everybody go on Saturday night because it's Christmas Eve, and you know here at least in this in this town we like to cook on Christmas Eve and prepare the last things. And my experience when we have Christmas Eve on a Sunday is that people don't usually go in the morning. So go to mass on Sunday night. We have a Saturday. We, Saturday. Uh, Saturday. Go to mass on Saturday night and see him. Saturday night, <laughs> and you go, you know, at five o'clock in English, or, and we added a seven o'clock in Spanish. So go to Mass on Saturday night and, you know, fulfill your Sunday obligation. Then if you want to go to Mass on Sunday night for Christmas, not for Sunday, you can, or on Monday morning or Monday evening, yep. you can. So one from column A, one from column B, and find joy while you're doing it. And look at this. I'm coming to my parish twice this weekend to celebrate the birth of the Messiah. And to, to finish Advent, to finish with joy, and to prepare myself for Christmas. My friends, so many things. Please come to confession. Wednesday night, 7 p.m., the 21st? 20th. 20th, sorry, the 20th. And Wednesday the 20th at 7 p.m. Or Saturday morning the 23rd, our normally scheduled confessions. Hopefully I got an extra priest to help us out because we were slammed this past weekend and we had not many priests. So do that. We get rid of the things that annoy us, we will be able to be a people of joy because a joyless Christian is a useless Christian. Jesus wants us to share his joy, to share the joy of being a Christian, to share the joy of Christmas, and it depends solely on you. Yes, yes, the you, the you, the you. running back. Wow. That's your fiance's boy. Exactly. It's you a no-brainer. He's a Hall of Famer. <laughs> that guy just... No, but... Just... No. Get out of here. What was that last night? How about them Dolphins? That's right, man. Shut out. Well, here's the thing. is we didn't No record. Hill? No, no, not a lot. We were down two, uh, three-fourths of our secondary... We were downhill. We were down maybe two-fifths of our offensive line, maybe three-fifths of our offensive line. Down so many people. Now, the Jets are a bad football team, but a very good defense, yep. and we still hung 30 on them. Now, mind you, one of those touchdowns came. I didn't watch much of the game because I was at a luncheon, but I did catch the beginning of the game on recording last night while I was waiting around to watch Christmas vacation. But uh, that, that first touchdown came because what we're doing great is getting turnovers, and yep. Bradley Chubb had a monster game. And gave us a ball at the one yard line. Although I think Siegler was in the end zone, but that's another story. Um, Mostert, when you look through the annals of Dolphins history, who scored the most touchdowns in a season? It's not Mark Clayton anymore. Yep. Raheem Mostert. Man, and we're still three games left, but they played great. Obviously, we recorded last week's episode before the Monday night debacle, which we shall not speak of, uh, but it happens to every team. Yep. Okay. Well, it basically happened to every team last weekend. It did last and, weekend, and we was and I said bonkers. I was I was going to have you pull up the sound from last week, but I'm not going to do that. I said I'm a little worried about tonight. Yep, rightfully so. But the Dolphins took care of business. Shut out the Jets, eliminated from the playoffs. Oh, is that isn't that wonderful? And we don't have to hear about Aaron Rodgers again until next year. And let's see what happens there. That that organization, what's wrong with them? You could say that about us, but you know we're not comically bad. Yeah, we're not. We're not. That what happened to them in the fourth snap of the year, and then being teased all year every now and then they'd have a good like last week they beat you know mm-hmm. Zach Wilson goes off and scores. Everybody things happen. Look at te- look at Tennessee what they did to us last week, and then yesterday they lose to Houston. Come on. Yeah, how about that game? We'll get to that in a second, okay? But <laughs> but you see what I'm saying is that the NFL, you know nothing from week to week. And then how useless are the Dallas Cowboys? We all we needed is, yep. and I told Cowboy fans, friends of mine, can you please beat the Bills? Yep. 
And Father and I were discussing this. How could we not see them going up to Buffalo in that environment, in a hostile environment, in that weather? They're used to a dome stadium. And not expect them to lose. This is the Dallas Cowboys. Remember last week I said I didn't pick the Cowboys. I don't believe in the Cowboys when they're playing Philly. This is why. This is why I pray the Dolphins hang 40 or 50 on them. I, that's a pretty good defense. But you know what? Buffalo hung 31 yep. on them at home, and their offense was bubkits. If the Dolphin defense played like they did yesterday, and we get Holland back, mm-hmm. and we get uh, Mc, uh, Xavier back. 430 game next weekend. Oosh. That's why I say, you know, look at that mass schedule carefully. You know, <laughs> mass is at four. The vigil mass for Christmas. So yeah, that was that's why the Cowboys used to. So that'll be a big game, huge game. And then what you wanted to talk about is the Houston. That was a confusing game because it was the Houston Texans yeah. facing the Tennessee Titans, who were wearing, wearing the, the Oilers. Houston Oilers yeah. jerseys. Yeah, don't do that again. Just can they just the Titans uniform? I've been I've said it before. The worst uniforms in the NFL. The worst logo in the NFL. Just go back. To, I know there's no oil in Tennessee, but there's no jazz in Utah either, and they're still called the Utah yeah. Jazz in the NBA. And the Lakers are still called the Lakers because they used to be in Minneapolis. Mm-hmm. Just go go back to being the oil. They're nicer uniforms. They are. Okay? But that game, he, the Tennessee Titans, who dropped the Dolphins the week before, who made that, that quarterback look like Tom Brady against us, did, we're up by 13, and then and I'm sitting pretty because Jorge had, you know, the Texans. I had the Titans, and I was sitting pretty, and I'm thinking, oh, I'm going to take the lead from Jorge. Yeah. And then at the last second, they go to overtime, and they run away with it. Unreal. That all that almost ended it almost, without a score. Yeah, exactly. I, in fact, <laughs> I turned it off. Oh, it, 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 you're right. It was with time expiring in, yep. the, in the overtime. And then in the evening, Jorge must have laughed. When he saw the pickums, when they were revealed, yep. Baltimore and Jacksonville, Baltimore, Jacksonville at Jacksonville, Jacksonville, who two weeks ago, if they would have beaten Cincinnati, would have been the number one seed. Has lost three in a row, and I thought, oh, this is a bounce back game, and they'll show the entire country that some, they're made of something, and they're going to beat Baltimore for the Dolphins, so the Dolphins could be yeah, no. get the number one seed. Not that didn't happen. I was a homer with that pick, and now he has a two game lead on me. Yeah, how's third place feel? Like third place. <laughs> like third place. But so many things that happened in the NFL yesterday. Ugh. Even on Saturday, Minnesota. I'm still, I'm still fully prepared to lose Pickham in the last week. <laughs> like I, like, well, <laughs> it was before, between me and Father Andrew last year. You, La- you yep. fell off. No, when? last year I fell off early. I was, in, I was in the middle three, of the pack. Three weeks left. But I am fully prepared having ridden out first and second the entire season. To drop some picks on uh, on that last week, but there were some Miss Betty, Miss Betty going strong. That's right, your your son's pre K three teacher. So <laughs> there were some interesting games over the weekend. Vegas just destroyed the Chargers, destroyed them, mm-hmm. hung over sixty two on them, and then the head coach. Oh, everybody thought he was going to be fired at halftime. Coach of the Chargers. Yep, and then. Uh, we had Saturday games, and we also had college football going on. We had some bowl games. You had the RNL Carriers Bowl. You had the Independence Bowl. You had uh, some, you know, Myrtle Beach Bowl. You didn't watch Myrtle didn't Beach see Bowl. Any of it. Myrtle didn't Beach see any Bowl. Of it. Come on. So um, uh, Minnesota and and Cincinnati played an overtime game. That was a fun game. Both struggling for playoff position. And then you know, the, Tommy DeVito was you know put in his place down in New Orleans. Mm-hmm. Apologies to Father Andrew, but how? First of all, this, we didn't talk about this because this was happening during the Dolphin game last Monday night after we had recorded the podcast. But how crazy is the story of this Italian quarterback with the very Italian <laughs> agent, agent going like, ah, oh, you know, just, my with mood. the hat and everything, with the hat, with the fedora, and then and and, and, the, and the jewelry, and, and my cousin Vinny. <laughs> Tommy DeVito is named after another character that was played by Joe Pesci. From Goodfellas, Tommy DeVito, okay, who's, you know, life, you know, things didn't end well for him. Let's just leave it at that. If you haven't watched the movie, so sorry, uh, but it, it just it's an interesting story. But everybody's comparing it to Jeremy Lin, 
in New York, they they crown people. You know, Zach Wilson had two games. Oh, this guy's gonna be amazing, and then goes away. And and you can name any number of of, of football players or stars, and oh, it's gonna be the greatest thing, and they go away. That that's New York. Like like Colorado football this year. <laughs> Pretty much. <laughs> Pretty much. By the way, uh, any update? Do we? Uh, let, let's go to the news desk. Any updates there on? Uh, do we have an Orange Bowl? Anyone? Anyone? No. Just... Will Will FSU have enough players to uh, field a team at the rate they're opting out? They're opting out. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, all the I... all the draft eligible guys are are bowing out. This is see. This is something that's wrong with college football now. If they go to court, because there is, there was a kid in one of the semifinal games. I forget which school was that opted out. Wow. You know, on this night, you're, you're, and you're playing for a national title. And now that next year you're going to, you know, really it's it, the top four teams got to buy. So you're really playing four rounds, you know, mm-hmm. the first round, then quarterfinals, semifinals, and, and yep. championship game. Uh, that'll be interesting to see because then why are we playing? If everybody's opting out after the regular yep. season, I mean, you don't you want your you yourself on tape in the biggest stage? Yep. And I know there's Willis McGahee scenarios and Melvin Bratton scenarios, but and 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 there's other. I'm just mentioning UM thing, yep. UM guys. But do we? St- and speaking of which, we don't know if FSU is playing a bowl game. We don't know who our starting quarterback in the uh, Bad Boy Moors. Bad Boy Mowers. Pinstripe, Pinstripe bowl. bowl. No, we know it's uh, it's what's his face. It's what's his face. That that just proved my point. Brown, Jacory Brown. Jacory Brown. We don't know. No, they announced it already. Okay, no, I'm saying. Eh. And then after him, it's some walk-on quarterback who's been playing with the uh, practice squad all season. Wow, that's <laughs> that, that's so enlightening. But both season has started. There'll be day games this month, this week, as we. Or here in the office wrapping up the year, and you probably have games going on in the background. That's always next week. It's even more games. That's always fun. We're we're doing okay. How the Panthers do last week? Uh, they got drubbed twice. Twice they got shut out, um, and then they turned around and returned the favor. They did. So they 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 to lost Ed- badly. Edmonton. They lost badly to Seattle. Lost badly to Vancouver. Yep. And then drubbed Edmonton. So that's good. The Heat that lost. Was a, that one. was a rough uh, trip. It was ten days. We already exp- we already went over the thirty seconds allotted to the Panthers in this segment. I'm t- I'm <laughs> oh kidding. come on! I'm kidding. I'm come kidding. on! No, they, they, but they had some injuries in one of those games. They I I saw the post game. I mean, these games are being played at ten o'clock at night, so I see the post game next morning. And they Ekblad had an injury, and you know, just yep. Rhino had an injury, and it's just wow. These guys, listen, they go out there every three days and play a football game. I don't know how they do it. They're just built different. Yep. And it was a Heat last week. They lost. Chicago, Chicago came, they play stayed in town, and the South Beach, you know, virus hit as always, and Jimmy Butler hit one at the buzzer. And best news of the weekend, not only that they went, they won, is that Tyler and Bam are back. Because one of the things I, I've, I've been noticing with the Heat is, and I mentioned it last week, is that people are getting to the basket too easy because you don't have a, a, a big man in there to. Uh, to clutter up the the lane, and so they're scoring points. I mean, we have 148 points in Indiana a couple weeks ago with Bam out. So tonight, I will be in attendance as we face the Minnesota Timberwolves, and Bam and Tyler will be back. Kyle Lauer will be out, uh, but we're starting to get healthy as we go to Christmas, and they do play on Christmas Day, so that should be nice. that should be fun. Um, anyhow, um, that's all I have for sports. National Signing Day coming up. I don't care. You don't care about all these high school uh, no, five star. Ed Reed was a two star <laughs> recruit. That's what I always come back with. Ed Reed was a star, two star recruit. Are you done with your Christmas stuff? You know, you, you, or you're like looking at me like I'm talking about what Christmas stuff? Like pe- presents and and we. Well, they're all uh, they have all been obtained. They have oh, not been wrapped. Oh, okay, I'm like I haven't wrapped a present. It's wrapping week. Forever. Ashley's wrapping a present for me because it's like. <laughs> I can't do it. I I am a very bad rat. I'm I'm very very, but like in terms of like we have a. No, I got a hot take for you because okay, you what? don't like white elephant. Oh, Yankee swap. It's called Yankee. Yeah, swap. but I don't, the Yankees. Yeah, so white elephant. It, I've never heard anybody call it white elephant. All right. Well, let's put it on the pole. <laughs> okay. This is not the Lebertard show. Explain to people who may I not don't need know to explain it. what it's, white elephant is. 
This is what we're doing for our staff, for our staff party, party and on Friday. And there's a lot of confusion because we haven't done it this way before. And I'm saying, trust me, it's really fun. And when you start stealing gifts and, and father's like, yeah. Everyone knows White Elephant. You bring a generic gift not intended for anyone in particular. The people start opening. And when it's your turn, you can steal something that's already open. Or you can open an unopened gift and, and press your luck. So when you start, when you sure. when, when everything is open, <laughs> all right, then everyone sees what's out there and then it's steal this and then that person steals there and then this other person steals. It's hilarious. Trust me. Um, Put it on the poll. I, I, I could, <laughs> I could, uh, so many things I could say that I will, when we come back, whenever we come back in January, uh, we will maybe, if we remember, um, we can discuss how Yankees swap how slash elephant, how the white elephant how went. White elephant went because it is epic. Oh, uh, just bring a good gift that people will want to steal. No, I, I did. Okay, good. Okay, that's well, all. That's all you got to do. I, that's what I did. So, and like any movies that you need to get in before Christmas, you're good. No, we saw. I saw Home Alone one and two yesterday. You did with the back kids. To back. No. No, after they had gone to sleep. I have not seen Home Alone. I've told you, I, Home Alone 2 is better, but I've only seen Home Alone 1, 1 once. And I'm thinking about watching it. No, you have to. Maybe. Maybe this week. I, 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 don't, this, I have, I'm pretty busy this week. You know. Find time for what's important. <laughs> I prefer spending time in prayer, but, you know. <laughs> uh, I, I, no, and, and the thing is that now movie season starts. There's a lot of movies that are nominated, are going to be nominated for Oscars yeah. that are now on streaming that I want to start, that I want to see during the holiday. You know, you're you, going to watch Barbie, right? Your sister <laughs> tells me that I'm not your sister. Rizzy says, and, and I have another friend who's a big award person, is that I need to watch Barbie. I'll watch it if you watch it. Yeah. That doesn't sweeten the no, pot? No. Okay. But, you know, uh, there, there, there's, there's see, the movies that are out there, but it's like Elf. I don't, you know, want to see again. Uh, what else? What other movie? Yeah. I prefer seeing a Home Alone two than Home Alone one. Yeah, but you have Merry to see Christmas, one. you filthy Adam, and a Happy New Year. So, but hold on a second. Well, obviously something had to break the window. Something had to hit the stereo. Uh huh. This is so good. Uh huh. Here you go. And why is the carpet all wet, Todd? <laughs> I don't know, Marco. <laughs> Christmas vacation. That's all you need to watch. It is the perfect <laughs> Christmas movie. Makes you laugh. Makes you cry. I watched it with one of my students last night, and she with her parents, and she laughed hysterically. You know, I go, what's your favorite? She was try trying to find a favorite scene. So it was, she mentioned one of the last scenes. And the rocket's red glare. I may have gone overboard Epic. buying uh, Christmas. I may have gone over buying Christmas vacation uh, shirts and sweatshirts this past week with a gift card that I have. But um, that's what gift cards are for. Anyways, find joy. That brought me joy. You know, it's a wonderful life. Doesn't bring me joy. It's a bad theology. I'm just saying, just it doesn't. Uh, the sister said I have to see the bells of Saint Mary. I've never seen the bells of Saint Mary. That's that's an old one. And, and we are we already uh, blasted Christmas story last year. Uh, or a year or previous year. Yeah, that it's not. A, eh. it's, it's yeah, <laughs> and, and they still insist on putting it. I know, like, but not. But no, but another channel does Christmas vacation on a loop. They yeah. were doing it over yeah. Thanksgiving. No, Christmas vacation is epic, but a Christmas it story. Is. Yeah. You can't replicate that. I'll pass. You can't, you can't replicate that. It's, it's, it's an amazing movie. So sports, let's hope that the Dolphins take care of business. And when we come back, they are division champions and en route to a deep, deep playoff run. Hopefully we can discuss. Oh, we're going to have some great sound clips for our new bumper music. <laughs> are we? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, for for better or worse, we're gonna have some good sound clips. The bills don't go away, man. I don't, I'm terrified. I'm terrified of the bills right now because of a stupid offsides by Kansas City and because the Cowboys. You can't trust them. But anyways, hopefully when we come back, we may come back in mid to late January. Uh, 
after uh, Martin Luther King. We may come back after the March for Life. That's probably what we're shooting for, uh, which is around the 23rd of, of January. So have a great Christmas, everyone. Remember to be joyful. Remember to focus on what is most important, which is Jesus Christ, and pray for each other. And, and be if you're traveling, be safe. The soul of the one who serves God always is in joy, and joy is the most infallible sign of the presence of God. May Almighty God bless you. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Merry Christmas.